0: Hey guys, how's it going? Hello and welcome to the guilt episode. I'm pretty fucking excited about this guilt episode because A, I've had so many people message me and feedback when I said that I was going to do it, being like, oh my God, I'm going to need this, I need this, like I am I live my life feeling guilty or I struggle telling my parents certain things because of the guilt that I feel or I I can't really take that leap of faith because, you know, so many things always come down to feeling guilty or thinking that someone has made you feel guilty or you might be someone that uses guilt as a currency and you're looking for a way to stop being like that. Um, So I feel like this podcast is going to be relevant to quite a lot of the people that have messaged me about it. Um, Little update on life. I actually have a very exciting announcement for you guys. If you do follow me on Instagram, you've probably already heard me on my story talk about this yesterday, but I'm so excited to announce that I am launching my own mindset training online. I've launched it yesterday, Sunday night um, at 5 p.m. I launched it. I'm Guys, this is so huge for me because as you know, my passion lies in this podcast and in neuroscience and in mindset and honestly my goal in life is to get people as passionate about their mind and brain health as they are about their physical health like you see people put so much money time and effort into the gym and training and exercise which is amazing but imagine also doing that for your mind and your brain and how good your life would be if you did that like it's just anyway so I decided to do a mindset training course and the way it's kind of structured the way I've done it it's it's a monthly payment and it's an ongoing course it just doesn't end so you can join or cancel at any time and it's just like weekly kind of weekly modules so this week I thought that it would be really fitting for the first week to be about self-love because as you know so much of every other topic that I talk about does stem from your relationship with yourself so it's Every Sunday night, I release a video of me kind of giving you guys a little tutorial lecture kind of thing. And it goes, it's supposed to be like 20 minutes, but I think this one went for like 25 minutes or something. Cover all the topic, I go really in depth with it. And then I actually give you homework for the week. So, you download a PDF document with questions and you can do it once. Ideally, I want you guys doing it every night Um to get the most out of it because repetition is key and that's kind of where growth is going to happen so it's just honestly it's like a course version of this podcast and it's just for those people I've had so many people being like we want more we want more of like you know a course or more actionable things even like I, I after I do a podcast I get so many people asking for personal advice on how to do things and I was noticing that it was just getting so impossible for me to answer everyone as much as I want to it's just not feasible so I thought maybe this would be a really good way of giving people that extra bit more and reaching more people by doing it this way so the website is www.alexisfernandez.live if you do want to go check it out that's also where all my workouts and stretches are as well so yeah, if you guys are doing it, I can't wait to hear your feedback. Um, Let me know what you think. I've also tried to make it super affordable. It's a monthly payment. It ends up being like $5 a week because I just want as many people doing it as possible. Anyway, so if you are one of those people that are doing it, please, 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 please give me um, your feedback and let me know what you thought. Um, Yeah, so module one got released yesterday. Yay! Okay, so that's that. Second to that, I did promise on my Instagram that I would give a quick overview of studying neuroscience. I'm going to leave that to the end of the podcast for the people that actually want to listen to that because if you're not interested in doing a degree in neuroscience, you're probably going to be bored. So that is at the end of this podcast if you are interested. So I kind of just want to dive straight into it. I'm trying to think, are there any funny, embarrassing stories that happened to me this week? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I hate that I love telling you a good like life anecdote but I've just been like knuckled down so intensely doing all my fucking online work redoing my website do you know what it's like being so technologically I don't want to say challenged because I'm definitely getting better but there's a lot of self-taught moments happened in the last week so bear with me if there's a glitch on the website just you know bear with your girl here because I'm learning I'm learning I'm learning okay let's get straight into it. I'm fucking excited. The guilt trip podcast. So the way I'm going to break this podcast down is I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to talk about is rational guilt versus irrational guilt and how to know when to tell the difference. Um, Then I'm going to be talking about um, feeling guilty when it, when it, comes to other people making you feel guilty and feeling that you can't do certain things because of other people involved and how you don't want to really struggle to be your authentic self because you know you just feel bad that you might be offending someone else that kind of guilt Um, and then I'm going to be also talking about using guilt as your currency and then I'm going to kind of at the end go into the whole like neuroscience psychology off a a bit of that. Okay so Number one, topic one, rational guilt versus irrational guilt. So how do we tell the difference? Because what we need to realize is that guilt is actually a defense mechanism. There's a reason why feeling guilty exists on like a scientific level and it actually is beneficial for us. So a a human need for us is to have relationships, right? We need that, we're not solitary creatures. Relationships are important to us. There's no way that we can have a community or to procreate if we didn't have relationships. So, guilt was created t- in order to, if you were doing something that was damaging to a relationship, you feel an unpleasant feeling. Your brain is triggering these things, being like, oh, I, w- I need to feel horrible for that so I don't do it again. That's where guilt stemmed from, in the sense that it's protecting you from damaging human relationships. That's where it stemmed from. So rational guilt is there for a reason and thank God it is because it is what makes us human. It's what is that internal alarm signal that tells you when you've crossed the line. So you can use rational guilt to help you be more accountable and responsible. It's brought on by yourself the proper proper rational guilt is self, like you raise that alarm yourself, other people don't do it to you Um, and it's just through acknowledging or becoming aware of a situation that's happened that you feel that you caused. So normally it's got to do with your moral compass. So everyone has a moral compass or a code of ethics that you live by. You might not have ever spoken about it or ever written it down but you know innately in you what is right and what is wrong and it might not correlate with how other people feel but you've got your moral code of conduct so say for you if normally your thing is I don't cheat I'm not unfaithful like that's that's wrong morally that's wrong then if you were to go and cheat you are going against your moral compass your code of ethics so you actually feel shit because you have what you consider to be correct and you've gone against that. If you didn't have that moral compass and you were kind of, you know, sleeping around when you had a partner, lying to them, not telling them about it, you wouldn't feel guilty because that doesn't correlate with with the code of conduct or your morals. You wouldn't give a flying fuck. So without having to voice it out, you know deep down what you consider to be right and wrong. And whenever you overstep the mark of your own moral compass, that is rational guilt. You know you stepped like overstepped the mark and you need to pull your fucking head in so that's why you feel shit and that's why you feel like I've had a a bunch of people say to me oh like I don't know how to deal with the guilt like I've cheated on my partner and um I you know I want to stay with them and I don't know how and it's kind of like I think a lot of people are trying to say how do I not feel guilty for that I can't make you not feel guilty for you being a wanker. If you've gone and done something against your moral code, there's no getting out of it. You're going to have to live with that. That's the end of the story. Like that's part of being human. If you've been a shit cunt and gone and hurt someone when you could have just not, then I'm not here to tell you, oh, no, it's fine. You'll be fine. It's, it's inbuilt in you as a human being. So if you've genuinely done something awful, I can't give you any tools on how to feel better. Sit with the guilt, make t- learn your lesson and try and change it and never do it again. But for you to turn around being like, I can't feel guilty, that's asking me to give you advice on how to not feel and how to not be a human. Okay, so having said that, let's now cover irrational guilt. So irrational guilt can be brought on by others or it can be self-inflicted. Um, it does lead to self-blame and it's really really destructive because it really it teaches you to play small and it teaches you that you need to be picking up the slack or take the burden of other people's problems for no real reason Um, whether you like those people whether you don't whether they're important to you or whether you're whether they're not like you feel like you owe them something and you're made to feel bad if you don't deliver So, taking on, it's also taking on responsibilities for things that you shouldn't. So, in a way, feeling guilty is an avoidance mechanism. And it sounds weird, but it is. You're avoiding sitting with the discomfort of not agreeing with someone or having someone not approve of what you were doing. A lot of people would rather feel guilty than to sit with the discomfort of being judged or being powerless in a situation of how other people perceive them that that idea of someone not agreeing with how you live your life or the choices that you've made even though you might be happy with those choices you would rather play it small and feel guilty than live in your truth so it is an avoidance mechanism you are avoiding an uncomfortable situation but the problem is that uncomfortable situation that you're avoiding is temporary guilt if you choose can be a lifelong burden that you carry on your shoulders unless you consciously make the call to stop living with guilt as your currency. So your mind intercepts often and it makes you feel guilty in order to stop feeling those feelings. Like let, let's just use, I'm going to go in depth a little bit more, but use the example of let's say your parents are really straighty 180, kind of close-minded and they don't accept The idea of their children being gay, for example. They might be like, oh no, I'm cool with gays, but I don't want my child being gay. So, if you decide to not tell them about you being gay, because you feel bad of how sad they're going to be, that is a perfect example of you choosing guilt to avoid feeling the discomfort. Now... The problem with that is that, you know how I just spoke about the um, code of conduct, what happens with irrational guilt when you let someone else overpower you living your truth, like in this scenario with the parents and with you, what you've done is if you've in your head, you've given your parents moral compass, more importance than your own. So if you think it's fine to be gay, I I know that I'm doing the right thing. I can just live my best life. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just living my truth. But my parents, for whatever reason, and that's on them, don't agree that I should be gay. If you don't live your truth by saying, fuck it, I'm just going to announce it and be loud and proud, then you are telling yourself their moral compass is more important than mine. And that's very damaging, very, very damaging. It's damaging and it's paralyzing. So I'm hopefully going to try and give you the kick that you need to live more in your truth and stop living in other people's truths. Because really the only way that they're going to be happy is by just honoring themselves and you honoring yourself. You can't make someone else happy through your actions and through how you choose to live your life. Another thing that you need to think about irrational guilt is that the more guilty you are and the more you take on guilt, the easier it's going to be for people to manipulate you. People will see that weakness in you and try and use that for their benefit. And don't just think about um, ill-meaning people. I'm not talking about an evil person who's going to take advantage of you. I'm talking about people that love you that adore you, but they see the weakness and through their fears and their insecurities, they try and unintentionally manipulate you to live your life in accordance to how they want you to live your life. So if they are lonely, for example, and they see that you're easily guilt-tripped, they will, because they love you so much, they will try and guilt-trip you into not leaving the city that you live in or not taking that leap of faith and living your best life and not, you know, it's like this guilt, guilt, guilt. You know, it, like I've got so many friends that every time they say, oh, you know, I want to try living here, I want to try – I'm like, fuck yeah, live your best life, go do that. I'm never like, you're leaving me. What am I going to do? I'm going to be all lonely, a couple of you. No one's doing anything to you. Stop playing the victim, stop playing small. You sound lame, to be honest. You sound lame, you, you feel like a dead weight – And then when, you know, when people actually do want to leave or do want to do something, they'll be like, well, I'm just going to celebrate it with someone that's going to celebrate my wins. I don't want to talk about this exciting journey with that person because every time I talk about it, they make me feel guilty. So all you do is push them away. And if you don't push them away, you make them feel small, which is worse. That's worse. You're manipulating someone who's easily guilt tripped, who doesn't have those tools to pull out of that behavior pattern. And you're making them play small just because you're fearful. That's cooked. So if people are doing that to you, acknowledge it. And if you're doing that to people, wake up to yourself. So look at your life and are you easily manipulated by guilt? Are you one of those people that struggle to just live your truth because you're constantly feeling that you need to kind of sidestep this conversation in this situation because I don't want to, oh, I don't want to be judged. I don't want them to feel this. I don't want them to think that I'm this person when I'm actually this because you care so much about what other people think. You feel bad if you upset them based on your actions about your own life. Um, the problem with being that way is that you are you are literally paralyzing yourself and you're inhibiting your own personal growth. You're taking on irrational guilt of someone else's moral compass moral code of conduct so you feel that way so then you start playing smaller and smaller if you're someone that's always tried to please your parents at any cost and then you know that if you were to be honest about something about yourself that their opinion of you they would be sad or disappointed and you'd carry the guilt like of those feelings or like you know when people don't want to admit to their parents about if they you know who they've had sex with or, or um when they lose their virginity or, you know, that kind of stuff because of how their parents view how you should live your sexual life. Like I love my parents but they have no fucking say in what I do with my body sexually, nor should any parent. But people allow that manipulation of like I can't be, you know, I can't just be fully honest about these situations. Not that you have to, mind you, not that you have to, but if the idea of thinking, oh my God, if my mum ever found out that I whatever, or if my dad ever knew that I whatever, that is coming from guilt. You are Your parents have set you up to live in a way that they would rather have you lie and them just be happy in their false bubble than be straight up and honest and have a more authentic connection with their child because they've made them feel guilty. That idea of trying to mould your child to be a certain way – All you do is say, I'm molding you so you pretend to be the way I want you to be. But in reality, you're just going to live your life behind closed doors. And I'm never going to know that side of your life because I've set it up that way. I've set it up for you to lie to me because I'm a judgmental person that can't handle the truth. And I'm going to try and make you feel bad when you do something that's against what I want you to do, what I think is right and what I think is wrong. So that's all that happens. Parents that talk about their children not having sex by a certain point, all they do is stop their child from being straight up. That's all they do. You're not going to stop your child from going out and drinking, from whatever. Like, just it's it's this sever. It's like you sever by being so judgmental with your children. You sever the line between honesty and connection and um, manipulation. So, let's go a little bit more into people making you feel guilty. Like I said before, it is about like the more you behave in a certain way, the more people are going to treat you that way. You teach people how to treat you. So you're the one at the end of the day that when it comes to other people's feelings, you have to draw the line at what you choose to take responsibility for and what you don't. The only things that I think you should take responsibility for would be rational guilt. When you've gone against your own moral code of conduct And you yourself know that that was wrong. That's not how you want to live your life. So your body has raised the alarm system. Your brain's like, no, this is wrong. I'm not going to benefit from living a life like this. I'm going to push people away. So I'm making you feel guilty. Then that's a time where I think you can take responsibility for other people's feelings when you've gone against what you think is okay and done something damaging in a relationship. So the way I look at it is if it involves only you, and not anyone else directly. So, if it's not got to do with you cheating on someone or you being going behind someone's back and doing something manipul- manipulative, if it's just involving you and the only reason it's hurting someone else's feelings is because your actions go against what they think is right, then that is irrational, learnt guilt. You are choosing through your life behavioral patterns and through what you've been taught, it is essentially a choice to feel irrational guilt. So if what you are doing does directly implement another person and you've directly caused them grief through your actions, that is rational guilt. That is guilt that naturally we should be feeling because you shouldn't be behaving that way because if you do behave that way all the time, you're just going to ruin relationships. Um, We do have a certain responsibility to uphold if we want to keep our relationships. It's kind of like you can do whatever you want, but you can't do whatever you want and have no consequences. That's what you got to think about. Like, it is true, like this whole freedom of speech. Yes, okay, you might have freedom of speech, but that doesn't come without consequences. I can't stand on the corner of the road and start abusing everyone left, right and centre and think that it's going to come with no consequences. That's assault and I'll get arrested. Do you know what I mean? So this whole idea of like freedom of speech, freedom of speech. Yeah, cool. You can say what you want, but keep in mind that there are consequences to your behaviors and to your actions. Now, another scenario that I want to talk about is like, okay, let's let's have a few examples. So an example of rational guilt is let's say you're feeling insecure and then you put someone down about something that they've been doing or you try and like kind of, you want to bring them down to your level so you don't feel so below them. Um, And then you see how they get upset. If you feel guilty for that, you should. You went out of your way to involve someone in your toxic, unhelpful thoughts. So you should feel guilty for that behavior. Um, Then, okay, let's use the example. And this is one that I've got a few messages about. So I want to use it. When the situation involves two people like, let's say you're dating someone. And they're really lovely. They're perfect. They're so sweet. They're so nice. But you just don't love them anymore. And you want to leave them, but you feel riddled with guilt. Like you just feel so guilty for the fact that they're going to be absolutely heartbroken if you leave them. This here is a mix of rational and irrational guilt. Rational guilt in the sense that you are seeing someone saddened by a direct action that you have taken. So, of course, that's going to make you feel bad. But the irrational guilt here is taking on someone else's emotions long term like here you are thinking that you know you have to be responsible for that person's feelings forever that's that's not you're not going to get fire in life being that way because you're just going to keep living by the status quo in order to not hurt someone's feelings or not do this or not do that and even more importantly stop feeling like someone can't achieve growth or happiness without you Stop expecting so little from the person that you're dating. Stop thinking that you are the ultimate reason for their happiness and they can't get it anywhere else. You're not the reason for their happiness. People are only their own reason for their happiness, okay? So if you don't want to be with them, staying with them out of pity is a fucking slap in the face to that person and you're being an asshole doing that. Don't think that you're some hero by staying with them. That's cooked. You're being unfair, You are not the be-all and end-all of their life. Do them a favor and let them go and grow without you. Just think about how much your ego is taking over when you think that someone will crumble and die without you. Just be authentic. Feel these awful feelings of a breakup and they will move on eventually. Let them go because you're literally stunting their growth. How unfair would it be that they, you know, unknowingly are staying with someone because that person feels guilty? What? I'd be mortified if someone ever stayed with me out of guilt or pity. I'd rather vomit in their face and run. Honestly, when I've been broken up with, even the times that it was the biggest heartbreak ever, it is honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me because that's been the cause of some of my best growth and some of my best life experiences. I'm like, thank fuck I've been dumped all those times. Honestly, I would never change it. So you are, if you don't love that person, you are stripping that person off the opportunity to find actual love not the shit that you're feeding them of guilt and fucking feeling bad for them and you're stripping them of having like life experiences and adventure without you. Let them go. Stop feeling guilty. Stop with this little pathetic mindset. Just come to terms with the fact that you're going to have a very uncomfortable situation. Like I said at the beginning, guilt is a defense mechanism. You are avoiding feeling the feelings you don't want to feel of dumping them. But if you dump them, you are doing them a favor. Don't ever be with someone that you don't love. That's not fair. It's not fair on you. It's not fair on them. Both go, like let them go and the two of you can live your best lives without each other. Now I want to cover another topic which is rampant and that's parental guilt. Now this is your parents having an imagined future for you, right? Like they really want you to get married and have children and live near them and all of that. Half of it is sweet. Like, it's nice that you want me to live nearby. It's nice that you want me to be such a part of your life forever and everything. Half of it is purely out of love because they want you there. But the other half of it is just like an ingrained, you know, expectation that's been put on you. Possibly because it was put on them from their parents. So, they look at it as, well, it happened to me. So, you know, that's life. It's not life. It happened to you and unfortunately you fell for the bullshit. However... If it happened to me personally, I wouldn't fall for it. I'd be like, guys, this is on you. It's not on me. So I'm not going to help you out in this situation. If you want to feel shit that I'm living my life the way I want to live it, that's not my problem, unfortunately. doesn't mean – like, I mean, I'm very lucky that my parents have never made me feel guilty about what I'm doing with my life, where I'm living, the fact that, you know, I'm in my 30s and don't even have any, any view of potentially having a child soon. Fuck knows what's going to happen there you know, like no guilt ever. So I do understand that for people that have always been raised in a household where there's constant guilt, it's a lot harder because you've been brought up that way. But the truth is you can make the decision to change and you don't have to live by their idea of your future. So this guilt comes from the discomfort of their lives not being the way that they imagined. And you feel guilty living your life to the fullest the way you actually want to live it you think i've got to live a bit smaller so i can please my parents but what why what's wrong with living the way you want to live because now your parents are going to have to rewrite the idea of their future because their child isn't complying with what they had in mind for their future if people want to imagine a future where the success of their life is based on the actions of other people they've set themselves up to fail and that's on them it's not on you So if your parents' version, if in their head, they consider, I'll be successful when my child gets married. I'll be successful when I have grandchildren. They've set themselves up to fail. I'm sorry, that's bullshit. I would never, ever, ever, ever pin my version of success on the actions of someone else. You can't control that shit. So how can you actually measure success if it's someone else that's got to do the work? Someone else that's got to bear your grandchildren. Someone else that's got to, you know find someone to marry and live and have that person also want to live right near your parents you know or look at being gay how many people don't want to come out to their parents because it's not the idea that their parents had how many times do you hear parents say oh you know it's just it's not the idea that I had you know I imagined you know marriage and children and this and now oh like you know what you got to get married you got to have children be happy with that end of story End of story. If, you, if that person wants their kids to, to then be straight and get married and have children and that happens, that's a fucking bonus and a fluke that it happened to align with what you wanted. That's it. If your child is gay but living their best life and it's not what your idea of your ageing was like or your child's future, I'd, I had an idea for your future Yeah, cool. Good on you with that daydream, but that's not my future. So I'm not going to stand here and feel bad that my reality doesn't align with your daydream. That's not my problem. That is your problem. You've chosen to view your successes based on the actions of someone else. And that's how you'll be successful. That's cooked. I should not feel, or you should not feel responsible for someone else's version of success and what they see as successful you shouldn't think if i don't comply with what my parents wanted they have failed and now because they're failing i feel guilty so i'm gonna comply because they gave me life you know they literally brought me into this earth everything they did for me they raised me they're this they're that i i should comply with what they want no i'm sorry you shouldn't okay that's built up with society that's fucking false i don't buy that shit but the problem is if you've been raised to learn that guilt is a very strong and oftentimes very successful currency then you're going to cave every time and it's going to take a few moments of you growing a fucking spine like I said before you right now if you live by if you live by guilt like I said before you have a wet noodle as a spine a wet fucking noodle so change that immediately because the only person you're actually going to hurt is yourself like I said you can't be responsible for other people's feelings and if your parents, if your parents are going to decide to feel upset about how you've chosen to live your life, that is their choice. That's their choice. I will never be made to feel guilty for the trajectory of my own life. If someone doesn't like it, that's on them. People who place guilt and blame have a problem with accountability and owning their own shit. They don't want to own that they're judgmental or homophobic or they don't want to sit with the discomfort that something didn't go the way they wanted it to go. So they put it on you. And then their, their reason for that is like, oh, but you know, this is just the way it is or society or what will people think? Fucking what will people think? If I hear that statement ever again, honestly this whole what will people think is a really good useful tool to mold people and you know groups of people into doing what the norm is you know like don't stray too far that way because what will people think of you this is the norm so people aren't going to think anything of you if you stay in this lane but if you jump out and go that way what will people think of you that is there to teach you how to play small because we are taught at a very young age to care about what irrelevant people think of our actions and the way we choose to live our own lives. So we need to stop that bullshit and we need to start rewriting how things are spoken about to children and how, how they are raised to think that everything that they do should be on the proviso that other people approve That is guilt and that is trying to teach you that guilt is a currency and that currency has power. But it's fake power because once you realize it, you realize that it's your choice to give that power away or not. So it only has power up until the the person that it no longer flies with. So someone might have all the power in the world by guilt tripping everyone but the moment it comes my way I'm like mm, sorry no I actually don't feel guilty rarely. I only feel rational guilt. I don't feel irrational guilt. So next person try it with someone else but bye. I, I won't feel it. So you're wasting your time. Now I would, okay let, let's use an example of like if parents are concerned with how others perceive you that is again their problem. So you, you don't have to concern yourself with that. I want to use an example of my family. So my sister was a, like I'm talking full tomboy growing up, like never wanted long hair. So my mom would always have it cut super short, always wore like baggy shorts, baggy T-shirts and sneakers. And that's all she ever wore. So as a child, a lot of people confused her for a boy, like all the time we'd go into like a clothing store, we'd go and they would always confuse Stephanie as a boy. And so a lot of my mom's friends, family friends, even family would pull my mum up on her needing to draw a line regarding what Stephanie wore, like look what people think, what are people going to think. They think she's a boy now. They think she's a boy. But my mum always hated making Stephanie wear something that she didn't want to wear because Stephanie was always such a great kid. Like why would you fo- – like she, I think she always felt like why am I going to force my child out of her individuality when she's such a good kid, like why? What's the benefit? Like why did people have such a problem with Stephanie being such an individual? Like my sister was born in a way that every person on this world should be born in the sense that she doesn't give a flying fuck what you think about her. She's her authentic self, no matter who she's speaking to. Like you, you put her in any situation and this she was like this since she was born. You put her in any situation with any person and she doesn't change. She doesn't change. She's fucking authentic. And I don't know what it was about why people had such a problem with it and, oh, people are going to think she's a boy. And why does it matter? Like certain things should be on a need-to-know basis. Guilting someone for letting their child be a tomboy because the public, society, doesn't know if she's a boy or a girl. So what? What? why is it necessary for strangers to know the gender of a child so they can pigeonhole that child into a category in their mind so they know how to speak to that child or treat that child so they know how to behave around that child gender should not make a difference so when my mum was saying oh yeah well I don't really care good on you honestly I want to applaud her because I love that she didn't cave when people tried to make her feel shit for letting her daughter just live her truth as a child You know, like we need to challenge when people question us about that kind of bullshit. We need to challenge, why does it matter? Is it because society has always said that girls should wear a dress? Well, not today, not this time, not with Stephanie, okay? And I just love, honestly, I fucking love that my parents did that with her, love it, because they never forced her into anything. As we grew up, I wanted to wear dresses and grow my hair long. They're like, yep, live your best life, you do that. And then Stephanie always you know, stayed that tomboy. Always, always, through high school, through everything. In high school, she never wore the dress or the skirt. She just wore her peer uniform. And we were always successful. We Both of us always had friends. Both of us always did well. We were happy, always happy. Because we weren't molded into being a certain way or looking a certain way. We were never guilted into having to wear something. I, like, when it comes to clothing, no matter how weird my outfit was or how short my skirt was or whatever... My parents never made me feel shit about what I wore. That never correlated with who I was as a person. So start questioning when people have made comments to make you feel guilty about the way you're living. Has it come through society? Has it come through your parents? Has it come through your friends? And the buck stops with you. So if someone's not defending you, you can defend yourself. And question why people are being a certain way. Like question why it is that they need you to look a certain way. Or why... You know, people were trying to make my mum feel shit about, oh, what if people think Stephanie's a boy? So, she literally was like, yeah, okay, they're, yeah, they're probably going to think she's a boy. And I remember at times she used to like, sometimes have to correct people being like, she's a girl, she's a girl. And then other times she'd be like, fuck it, why am I, why am I bothering? Like, what does it matter at the end of the day? So you need to question yourself, how many times are you behaving in accordance with what society thinks that you should be doing or how many times are you behaving with what you think is your truth and what's fair and how often does that correlate? Because a lot of the times it's not going to correlate and you shouldn't feel shit for that. If it's your life, how you live your life and the trajectory of where you are going, then other people shouldn't really have a say, especially if they are strangers. So this whole what will people think If someone ever said that to me, I'd be like, "You've honestly, do you have an hour because I'm about to give you a lecture? Because that needs to stop. That's a narrative that needs to stop with our generation. So all of us, if you have kids or when we do have kids, don't feed them the bullshit of what will people think. You're telling them a stranger's opinion of you is more important than you living your best life, than you living your truth, than you just being your authentic real self. No, no. Stunt that. Because that stranger over there across the road thinks you, you're not a girl, thinks you're a boy. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. We need to draw the line. I don't care how rude you are about it, but you've got to put an end to other people's pathetic bullshit. If you want to live small, that's on you, not on me. And I'm not going to pass that shit down to the next generation, end of story. Now I want to touch on one more type of guilt, which is irrational self guilt. So it's the kind of guilt that, let's say you're so, so hard on yourself, Um, and you say, okay, I've got to go to the gym seven days a week and I can't slip up and then say you go to the gym six days and then one night you have a big night, you eat a lot of food, you have one and then you're just riddled with this self-guilt and hatred the next day. That kind of correlates more to the relationship you have with yourself. I feel that anyone who's a perfectionist in the sense that doesn't allow themselves to have any slip-ups or any – downtime whatsoever you have issues with your self-esteem that need to be looked at so that's a mix between the guilt that i've just spoken about but also these unrealistic standards that you have for yourself i feel that the to increase your relationship with yourself you need to create a healthy balance in your life and to completely try and remove a part of your life that's actually quite beneficial for you whether it's like a social setting or something you're gonna then feel a lack so if you think i cannot have a big meal i can't slip up once i can't be social until it's a saturday you're depriving yourself i'm not saying oh cave every time you have an urge oh i'm just gonna fucking get become an alcoholic and live my best life and have no boundaries But again, that comes down to having a healthy balance. Like you hold yourself accountable for a certain amount of shit, but at the same time, if you can't let go of the perfectionism, that's got to do with your relationship with yourself. For whatever reason, you're hating on yourself. You're not satisfied with who you are. So you're desperately trying to change that. And you're being so hard on yourself that when you do slip up, you're like, you're a fucking idiot. You're this, you're that. Anyone that's got a healthy level of self-love, would never be that cruel to themselves when they had just one night of eating whatever they want to eat. So if you are someone that makes yourself feel guilty, that's because you have a level of hate towards yourself. So I'm going to be covering those kinds of topics in following podcasts and on my courses and stuff like that about self-hate. Um, but that's what it comes down to. Your self-guilt of, feeling, of making yourself feel shit over um, slipping up in your idea of what you should achieve um, if you can't let yourself have some leeway. Like I'm all for setting goals and setting, you know, targets big time. I do expect a certain amount from myself. But at the same time, if I slip up, what's done is done. There is no, you know, you are wasting time and you are throwing away energy and you are strengthening some very negative dangerous pathways in your brain by wallowing on how much you hate yourself for an action that was taken that's done what's done is done you know so i can't really go too much further into that because it's not just a guilt thing it's very much to do with your relationship with yourself and self-hate right a little bit of psychology uh, behind this whole guilt thing i feel like i've spoken about you know your mindset and your behaviors around it but for whatever reason, uh, I'm going to give you my, re- my theory, but women are normally harder at changing these guilt patterns than men. I think that's got to do with society very much. Like women, it's, it's changing now and it's thanks to like the evolution of society and anyone who's a woman listening to this now, you know, it's up to us to continue to change that narrative but for whatever reason, with society and with everything, women struggle with guilt a lot more than men. Women have more pressures as far as like you should be birthing a child. You should, you know, be, you know, running a household, have a husband, have kids. Women were never really encouraged to have these um, non-traditional jobs. They're not encouraged to, you know. So then when a woman does branch out and do that stuff, she's made to feel guilty. Oh, you know, you're, you're a career woman, aren't you? You're a career woman. What, Can't Like, when do you ever hear someone say you're a career man? Fuck off. So now this woman has to choose between being a career woman or a mother. And if she's doing both, oh, you must be a superwoman. So now you make another woman who's not doing both feel like she's not a superwoman? Like, these expectations, I feel that there's a lot of expectations in how you're supposed to live. And if you don't dedicate yourself to being a mother, then... You know, you don't have that nurturing side, do you? You're not really a nurturer. You're more, you know, you're more of a masculine energy. All this bullshit. Fuck with. Fuck off with the labels. That's cultural conditioning to a crazy extent. So with guilt, it's just proven that women suffer from it a lot more than men. Men definitely, definitely, definitely do suffer suffer from it. But it's rampant with women. And I think it's because of these stupid expectations that have been put on us that, you know, Women in society has been evolving, but a lot of the expectations have not evolved. Um, There's also a really high correlation of guilt with depression. It's this idea of self, of of helplessness. So if you feel like you have no power, you're going to likely feel more guilty. And if you feel that you have zero power over yourself, you're also likely to feel quite depressed. So if you look at all these studies that have been done on people that are depressed, they're way more likely to feel guilty because depressed people feel uncomfortable taking the reins of a situation or, or taking ownership for their own emotions and they do feel powerless in a situation. So if you are someone that feels excessive amounts of guilt, you've got to kind of look at other areas of your life. Do you feel empowered often? How's your relationship with yourself? What's the kind of self-talk that you say? Are you really are you really um, confident with who you are as a person or not? The more confident you are, the less depressed you're going to be. As far as self-confidence, I'm not talking about external confidence. Confidence with who you are as a person. That no matter what the situation, you're going to be okay. That no matter who you're interacting with, you can still be you and it's going to be okay. You don't have to pretend to be someone else, all that stuff. So start looking in your life. Start doing a bit of inventory and look at the correlations. There's a lot of work to be done when it comes to where you feel Powerful and where you feel disempowered. So empowered versus disempowered. And often a lot of changes can be made by doing that. All right, guys, that ends the segment of the whole guilt section. If you are signed up to my online course, I'm talking about, um, as of yesterday, the topic is growth and then the worksheet, the, the homework for, so it's, it's self-love growth. And part two is coming next week, and that's also going to be part two on self-love, but we're going to go into more like finding your purpose kind of stuff. So the homework sheets, please do it every single day, guys. Please, 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 and that's where you're going to notice the most difference. If you just watch the video lecture, um, you're probably going to retain about 10%. If you do the homework, shit's going to get real and it's going to be amazing. Now, for those of you that are staying on, I'm going to quickly talk about um, studying neuroscience. It's only going to be a couple of minutes, but studying neuroscience and kind of what to do about it so a lot of people do find that a lot of interesting things to do with what i talk about and they're like should i study neuroscience i really like everything about mindset i would highly recommend that you kind of do your research on what um, courses are available out there because a lot of people might just you might just want to do kind of the behavioral side of things and psychology might be more your thing however if you like actual science because the stuff that we do in in that I've done in my undergrad and then in my now master's half of it is very much mindset and the other half is very scientific like I'm talking anatomy you're you're dissecting human brains in formaldehyde in the wet labs you know then you've got stuff like um neuropsychopharmacology, which is all the breakdown of all the chemicals and what happens when you take aspirin versus heroin versus cocaine and how to – all the you know drug pharmacology and things like that. And then we've got genome sequencing and it can get quite scientific and technical and my advice to you is you need to find a general interest in science to find neuroscience entertaining – Because if you just want to talk about behavior and mindset, then neuroscience is probably not your thing. Science has to be an interest for you to like neuroscience. Um, And what I talk about on the podcast is only a fraction of the stuff that I've had to do in the degree and with the work. You've also got to do statistics. You've also got to do research inquiry and things like that, like learning how to do a proper research. Because they're presuming that most people doing neuroscience are going to go on to do research so you have to learn what's ethical what's not ethical there's a lot of stuff that you have to do in this kind of degree that you don't want to do but you have to do it in order to become a neuroscientist um there's a lot like subjects that i thought i wouldn't like that i ended up loving but there's like neuroethics where you have to debate on what's ethical and what's not you have to learn how to run a proper study you have to learn how to compare different research articles and journal articles and data analysis and meta-analysis and all that kind of stuff so while I'm the h- biggest advocate for it like I love it if you ask for my advice and said, look I really want to do it I'd be your number one supporter I'd be like fuck yes do it but you need to like science that's just that's just it you can't be a biologist without liking science you know what I mean like it's just that's just what it is so I would definitely do the research also be aware like I mentioned I mentioned this on my Instagram the other day but you have to be aware that Um, specialising does not occur until after your master's. So, you know, I've had some people say, where did you do your undergrad? Because I want to specialise in, you know, child whatever. You don't specialise for years to come. So, if there's a general interest for neuroscience, then you'll be fine because you'll be able to have like a – and also, to be honest, I don't think you can really know what you want to specialise in until you're actually there doing the work studying. Like, I remember my undergrad, I was like, oh, I'm all about the visual neurosystem. Like, I fucking love visual neuroscience. And then it went on to more sensory neuroscience. And now I'm really into like, oh, I think I like pharmacology more than I do that. Like, your interest in neuroscience will evolve as you learn. Because one thing for a fact is that as you start to learn about the brain, you realize how little you know. So, the more you learn, the more you realize how much you need to learn. So you'll get to a point where what you thought you wanted to specialize might completely evolve in the span of four to six years. Anyway, if you do like science and you like the brain, a hundred percent go for it. Like I'm trying, my life goal is to get people fucking passionate about the brain. And if that's people studying neuroscience more and more and more, how cool is that? But yeah, you do need to love science. If you don't love science, maybe go more down the psychology route because that's still very interesting. I find psych extremely interesting as well. So... That would be my advice. Do the research beforehand. Find out what subjects you need to be doing in a whole degree because there's a lot of credit points that you need to work towards. And yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for hanging around if you did for this segment. And um, if you are interested in doing my course, then the website is www.alexisfernandez.live. Thank you so much, everyone. Dunker dogger. As always, please continue to share, rate, review. Um, Everything with the podcast is word of mouth. So I am super grateful for everyone that has shared my podcast because the way it's going, it's going so well because of you guys. So I really, really, really do appreciate that so much. Thank you, my loves. Love you all. And I'll speak to you next week. Bye.